0: on TV, online, and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News.
1: A big surprise for music fans when they heard a new song featuring Drake and The Weeknd, but there's a catch. Are you ready for it? The viral song was created by artificial intelligence. Now there's a crusade against AI music. I'm Veronica Dudo, let's get started.
0: This is In America Today, from the Ticker News Studios in New York City.
1: The viral song Heart on My Sleeve was created by artificial intelligence and quickly racked up millions of views on TikTok, Spotify, and YouTube. Record label Universal Music Group is not happy about the song that used AI-generated vocals to simulate pop music artists Drake, Graham, and The Weeknd. UMG flexed their muscle and forced the song featuring some of its biggest artists to be removed from Spotify. And TikTok. According to reports, UMG is taking it a step further and sent letters to Spotify, Apple Music, and other music streamers requesting they block AI tools from training their models on the melodies and lyrics of UMG artists. Here's a sample of the AI generated song Heart on My Sleeve.
0: It's like lean, flex, ayy Pumping Justin some beer, but a favor ain't left, ayy She know what she need, all I need, all she blessed, ayy Giving it my best, ayy yeah, got my heart, I'm going a it with a knife in my back What's with that, ayy 21, I love him. now my brother, that's where she sat, ayy Metro made the it, so you know that it's gon' slap, ayy Yeah, it's gon' slap, ayy Time run it back
1: more, let's bring in Les Porse, the co founder of wave financial. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, so wow, where to unpack this AI AI just didn't randomly create a mashup of these songs, right? Do we know how this went down yet? Did a human ghostwriter enter prompts into a computer to get this output in the form of a song?
0: Yeah, there's actually different pieces of um, software that do different things. Um, you know, you can look at some of the the chat software that's out there, um, and you know that's where the lyrics may come from. Um, whereas the music, you know, and the underlying music and, and uh, the the voice itself can come from other bits of software. So what they're doing is they're inputting and putting those pieces together to create the compositions. Um, I find it really interesting what you said about the way the labels are going uh, after the distribution, you know, through streaming services. That's actually kind of clever if you could stop it at the distribution. Um, and that's one approach, but not shocking that the labels would try to stop it.
1: So that's my next question, right? This is a lucrative business and people are doing it. It's a passion. They're talented about at it, but also they're looking to make money. So does copyright and licensing rights fit into this and legally who is in the right here, who is in the wrong?
0: Well, I mean, I I kind of love it, you know, just the disruption. Um, If you go back, you know, to the history of the record labels, um, they've always, you know, had an approach of litigation by leverage. Um, And, you know, Sending out letters to cease and desist was one thing, but what happens when, you know, bots are generating AI music? Um, who, who are you going to send the letter to? And I think what we're going to see is just an instant flood of content. Um, and I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to keep up with the flood as it comes. Um, And, and, you know, in terms of the monetization piece, it's a complicated question. Uh, you know, does it label on it because they, you know, are involved in the software? Uh, and a a prompt in a software system like this is, is based on how much you put into it. And that's what you get out. Um, you can use software or, you know, the internet to, to come up with ideas, but then you create those ideas yourself and you can use AI technology in the same way, or you can just have it do the whole thing, which would be, you know, there, that'd be a moral quandary because that wouldn't be you writing it. It'd be someone else writing it at that point.
1: So how much of a headache is this going to be for the music industry?
0: I, I think a well-deserved big headache. Um, I, I think... You know they haven't come up with solutions. Uh, well, I mean, going back, they never had a streaming solution. They had an opportunity to have a streaming solution with Napster, but they decided to have the RIAA go after Napster, and it took another ten years or so to get Spotify uh, to figure out some of the streaming. You know, a company that ultimately loses money. Um, I think it's it's just a symptom of the record companies not embracing new technologies. So. With the case of this, there will have to be some sort of outside company, I think, that comes and and polices the environment of, of how much of this is being created and how it's being monetized. And, and I think, you know, when we get into the concept of an artist being able to co-write with their digital self, it gets really interesting when you talk about well, what do those copyrights look like. Um, you know, just to finish a the thought there, you know, copyrights are, are just such an archaic, complicated system. You know, they're still working off this premise of master recordings and the publishing being, you know, uh, writer share and publisher's share. And there's just these complicated formulas that don't make a lot of sense in today's world.
1: Now, music labels work to protect their artists. Besides requesting these types of song to be taken down, what other resources do you think they might take?
0: Well, I'm, I'm not so sure that they work to protect their artists versus they work to protect their own interests. Um At the end of the day, it is a business. And I think there was a time where record companies really provided a lot more than the underlying financing, um, where people were involved in the creative process much deeper. I worked at record companies, and I saw it change. Um Unless something has drastically changed, I, I think their own interests are a really important uh, factor here. So, sorry, I'm taking the contrarian view <laughs>
1: Well, which is interesting because do you think that there could be a fear that AI imitated songs could surpass real pop stars' actual talents?
0: I mean, we've already seen some really interesting examples. There was a Beatles song um, done with Brian Wilson singing it. Uh, sorry, it was a Beach Boys song that the Beatles sang on. Um, I think it might have been, I don't remember if, which song it was exactly, but it was it was like actually a beautiful rendition. And it wasn't exactly perfect, but you can see where it's going. And if you take a look at how fast the views are happening on a lot of these AI songs on YouTube, it's just unbelievable. Um, I'm a huge Oasis fan. There was a, a record, Noel Gallagher actually hates it, I get. But it was interesting because the songwriting you know, was meant to replicate them from 95 to 97. And I love those years of Oasis. So it was just fun to listen to. I think as the technology gets better and the voices get better, it's gonna, you are going to have those situations.
1: Do you think that maybe they should just embrace this of people having fun and it's a pastime and it's entertainment or no, they're looking for the almighty dollar?
0: I think they're looking for the almighty do- dollar, but they should absolutely embrace it. But they won't, um, you know. When record companies started, they actually started with the phonograph. That was a Tom Edison, um, you know, that was Edison. It was, you know, early Victor, which became RCA. There was gramophones or whatever. And, and, you know, record companies used to be incredibly closely connected to technologies. Somewhere along the line, I think when we got to the compact disc, other people like Philips and Sony were entering the space more as technology companies. And that's when we saw a shift. it would be my hope that they they embraced it, but that's just not the way it works. You know, they allow something to gain enough traction that they hold out on the copyrights. But I think the shift is going to be what this generation um, and how this generation looks at the world. They don't look at it the same way. They're more collaborative. So I think companies will emerge with new artists taking a different approach eventually.
1: So we're starting to see U.S. lawmakers begin conversations about some type of regulation. How important do you think that might be?
0: I think regulation is always important, as long as the policymakers and lawmakers actually understand what they're regulating. And that's been, you know, kind of another problem in in a lot of vertical industries that this stuff is complicated. And if you don't understand the core technology, the way it functions, it's very hard to regulate it. And the other problem is it takes a lot longer to regulate than the technology is being created. So by the time they've gotten to the bottom of kind of one aspect of new technologies we've already moved on. And we see that over and over again. Um, You know, when you look at copyrights, I don't, there's still no centralized database that has all these copyrights. To find out who owns a song, because these catalogs have moved around so much, because there's just so many pieces to a song, especially, you know, today, where there's multiple writers, it's impossible to sometimes track down who has those songs. So I just don't see how they're going to regulate something where there isn't, you know, songwriter information.
1: Great point. Les Borsay, thanks so much for joining us. More Ticker News right after this.